0: As little girls and boys, we look up at the glowing angel that gave us life with love and adoration. But for too many, this is not a happy reality. For many, the woman holding us is a true monster. These are their nightmares. Delve deep as we unravel the turbulent bonds between mother and child. You are listening to Monsters and Mothers with your host, Betty Wilde. Filicide is the act of a parent killing their own child. But the definition also extends to step-parents as well. Filicide by step-parents are skyrocketing in numbers. These deaths are more likely to involve the long-term abuse of a stepchild that lives in a home where the abuser has their own biological children, known gravely as the Cinderella effect. I am reminded of too many cases where children are murdered by their stepmothers out of jealousy. The Cinderella effect is when a stepparent treats their biological children lovingly in an almost mocking way. This abuse will all too often lead to death of a stepchild at the hands of their evil stepparents. Classic fairy tales told to us at night to get us to go to sleep are filled with the horrors of many children lost. What makes a stepmother turn evil? Is it jealousy? Resentment? No maternal bonding to an unasked for child? Is it the hours of exhaustion putting up with a disrespectful child that isn't yours? I mean, it's hard to raise a child, period. All the sacrifices you give for your own children can be mentally taxing. But then in the heat of a moment, a stepmother will just not see the point in wasting their time, their money, their food on a child that they think and believe is trying to build a wedge in their family unit. This isn't a true wedge. This is a wedge that they created. They manifested by believing that the bond between the father and the child was greater than the bond that they had with the father. Men, if you are listening and you wind up in a situation where a woman is behaving this way around your child, it's your job to find an equal, respectful balance in the home, no matter how difficult it may be. Ladies, if you are incredibly insecure and dealing with a child that is disruptive reminds you all the time, of your partner's ex, and you feel like the child is being played against you, you need to get out. If you can't see that you are playing a major role in a child's life, you do not belong in a relationship that involves a child that is not yours. And I can't believe that I have to say this, but no, you cannot withhold your attention. You cannot give them shitty portions or less valued things. You can't change your tone when they enter the room. You can't only give them orders when they are in your presence. You can't make fun of them or tease them. Mm -hmm. The only way you are going to win in this family is by being loving. There is no other magical recipe to make this work. So get off your high horse and go hug that child. Go make friends. During their teenage years will be one of the hardest jobs of your life. And your only job is to make sure that they are safe. It's not to put them in line, or get them to follow rules, safe and fed. That's your only job. Okay, so let's dig deep into this Cinderella case of Imani Moss, a sweet little girl who was starved to death by her stepmother. While the towns are carving pumpkins and dressing up in their favorite Halloween costume, a little girl, who was only ten years old at the time, was living a horrible secret. I can't even think about the pain this little girl went through hunger pains, emotional distress, all while people stood by and did nothing, least of all, her father. First, where is the biological mother? According to his testimony, there was absolutely no involvement with the mother aside from holding her daughter for a few moments before handing her to the father and walking away. So now we know Amani's start in life was a difficult one. We you know her mother was a drug user, that primarily lived on the streets and wanted nothing to do with being a mother or with being with the father. And I hope for the sake of Imani that the stepmother kept this information to herself. I know evil knows, no boundaries, but for a young girl to think she was so unloved is just too sad to imagine. Iman, the father, was a single dad. His daughter was born April 23, 2003. Imani Gabrielle Moss, and they lived in Lawrenceville, Georgia. The two were a pair, Iman and Imani. Imani's teachers spoke very kindly about the very adored little girl at their school. They said Imani would always help the other kids and even tried to make friends with the classroom bully. Imani and her dad went to church every Sunday and were well known in their church community. They would go out on excursions and even go out and eat together with their group. It really allowed them to get the support they needed. Iman first met Tiffany in church, and they were just friends in the same group going to the same events. No initial sparks were flying. He would see her around, but he never made any advances towards her. Tiffany at the time was going to college to become a teacher, so she hadn't attended as often as Iman. After one of the outings with the church, Tiffany called up Iman and asked him out. Being a single dad, he didn't mind another woman around to help him out. They had met at church, and she seemed to get along with Imani, so how bad could it be? Their relationship would move quickly, and before he knew it, the two were married and having babies. Tiffany was working as a preschool teacher, and Iman was working two jobs. Not too long after, they gave birth to their first baby boy, Tristan. The home was peaceful, and the couple seemed to have it all. That is, until one day, Iman got a phone call from the police telling him he needed to come down to the station. Imani's school had called the police when Imani's teacher had seen large welts and bruising on Imani's arms. When they asked where they came from, she told her teacher that she was spanked. And the teacher knew that a spanking wouldn't leave those types of marks and immediately reported it to the police. When the police asked her what had happened, She said she had gotten spanked for not doing her homework. The welts came from the buckle on her stepmother's belt. Tiffany was taken into custody and arrested. She received five years probation and was immediately fired from her preschooling job. You can't have any violence on your record to be a teacher. And moms and dads, you should know that any type of abuse is a punishable crime. If you don't know what to do with your little one when they are acting up, Take a moment, breathe, and get help. There are plenty of resources, like literally, you can go into Google and type in, What do I do if my child won't listen? There are parenting groups and loads of tips to calm you down and help you to understand your child, which is not like an adult, so don't expect that what would work for an adult would work for a child. Imani was taken out of the home and placed with her grandmother for six months. Tiffany and her father were forced to take parenting classes, anger management classes, as well as counseling, which really baffles me because obviously this didn't work. I think all this did was build a greater resentment in the home. Tiffany wasn't able to get a job for what she went to college for, and she had one target as the sole reason her life was now in shambles. All the while, Imani was doing so wonderfully with her grandmother, making friends, eating healthy, playing and enjoying the life a child should. Imani's grandmother begged her son to let her have Imani, saying Imani didn't feel really comfortable with Tiffany and really wanted to live with her. But the father wouldn't allow it because he felt his mother was trying to undermine his ability to be a father, and pride got the best of him, especially after putting in all those hours of child education. After the six months, Imani was back home with her abuser, who is now pregnant with her second biological child. I still can't wrap my head around why he made Imani come back. His work schedule for two jobs only allowed him 30 minutes at home in the afternoon, and then he would come home at 1 a.m. in the morning from his second job. This isn't a father that will ever be around to know what's really going on. And what was she thinking bringing in another child into the house when she can't even take properly care of the ones already in her home? Since Tiffany couldn't work, money was extremely tight. Again, why bring another child into the home? So the five of them had to pack up and went to live with Tiffany's mother. And they all lived in a very tiny house. But they were able to save up enough money to move into their own apartment that they could afford. But shortly after, the maintenance worker of the apartment complex they now live in called the police because Imani was outside and she didn't want to go home. She told the police that the stepmother would punish her by tying her to a chair and making her take cold showers. When the police went to the home, they couldn't find anything to corroborate the little girl's story. Now seriously, what the hell? If a child reports abuse, you take that child you don't tell that child that they are lying or that they don't have enough proof i'm sure after tiffany's last incident with the police she had learned to hide the abuse Mm -hmm. tiffany told the officers that imani was a rebellious kid and was always running away iman struggled with what to do and had no choice but to take tiffany's word iman did have weekends off to spend with the kids And he did, and he really enjoyed it. Tiffany got to go out with her girlfriends and party and not even worry about being a mom at all. And he was okay with that. The time that he spent with his kids was his happy time. Then he noticed that Imani ate a lot and figured she was just going through a growth spurt. But he did wonder why she was getting so thin. So he took her to the doctor to find out what was wrong. There was nothing wrong, they said. She needs to eat more, was all their explanation. Not saying that she was undernourished, they didn't question whether she was being abused. He didn't have any answers anyway, but I guess he thought that maybe she was getting the flu or coming down with something. But still, the hospital didn't report anything unusual, even though she had lost almost half her body weight. Then one day, he came home. And all of Imani's hair was cut off. And he asked Tiffany why. And she said it was because she was misbehaving. Imani loved her long hair and braids. My God, this is straight out of a wicked fairy tale. Now, the friends and family noticed Imani's short hair and were also upset about it and directly asked Tiffany why she did it. And she would tell them that bad girls don't get to look pretty. Did anyone ever just ask Imani if she was okay, safe, needed help. No. No one got involved. The home was very full, and Tiffany was really raising three children on her own, since the father was never home. As time passed, Imani's once-vibrant smile began to wither away. As time passed, Imani's once-vibrant smile began to wither. As the years went on, the neighbors would say that Imani never came outside to play. They would see the other kids running around outside, but never the little girl. In the court documents, the father's testimony, Tiffany, his wife, would text him all day long, every day, to complain about Imani's misbehaving and causing her stress. He didn't go against her or what she said, or ever do anything to stop what was going on behind closed doors. The grandmother kept asking for Imani to come visit and it was never allowed. Tiffany despised the grandmother and anyone who gave Imani love and attention. On October two thousand 2013 Iman gets a phone call from Tiffany saying that Imani isn't doing good at all. I mean the call is pretty serious and the father is doing nothing about it. In fact he actually finishes out his shift before coming home. When he finally gets there, Imani is in the bathtub and she is having a seizure. Her eyes are going back and forth and then, he says, we have to call the police. But Tiffany jumps up and says, no, we can't call the police. They will blame this on me. I will get in trouble. I'm on probation and we will lose the kids and I will go to jail. So, All freaked out, Iman decides to listen to her in fear of losing his wife and kids. And he takes Imani to her bed and then proceeds to go to work, leaving her alone with the monster. Imani died six days later. If he had only just taken her to the doctor, fed her, given her food, any attempt to save her life, she'd still be alive. Again, Iman gets a call from Tiffany telling him that his daughter is dead. And even after he's made aware that he just lost his daughter, what did he do? He kept on working, not bothering to come home at all. When he did get home, Imani was cold to the touch. And his wife was telling him yet again that he can't call the cops, and this time adding that he will get arrested too, and they will lose everything. He agreed and went back to work. He told the court that he would go in and sit with her on his breaks and have his cry. But her body was getting stiff, and they needed to now get rid of the body. So he decides he's going to cremate her, and he heads to Walmart and buys all the supplies, like lighter fluid, charcoal briquettes, a big metal garbage pail, and he's seen on cameras purchasing these items. In his testimony, he describes in gruesome detail that he had to fold her body in half to get her into the garbage can and that he could hear her bones crunching when he duct taped her. It is so disturbing, this testimony. So now they drive to a remote location with the whole family in tow, Tiffany, the two kids, and Imani in a garbage can in the back of the truck. Iman gets out takes the can out of the truck, opens it and pours lighter fluid all over his daughter and they proceed to light her on fire. Except it's not working no matter what they do. Apparently it takes more than briquettes to cremate a body. After they realized that her body wasn't going to burn, they had to wait for 45 minutes with their kids in the car until the metal can would cool off. Out of time and doing what Iman does best Guess what he does? He goes back to work, with his daughter's body still in the back of his truck. After a few days, he starts having a breakdown, and called on his longtime friend, Rudy, for advice. He told him the truth about what had happened, and his friend told him he needed to call the cops. Finally, someone in this twisted story with brains. Trusting his friend, he knew he had to do the right thing, but still finished out his work shift. When Iman gets home, he tells Tiffany he's calling the cops. She loses her shit and starts screaming and packing her things, including the two kids, and runs to her mother's house. She told her mother that the police would be coming to arrest her and that she needed to watch the kids. After Tiffany left the house, Iman called the police, but the way he described what had happened, they initially thought he was telling them that a suicide had taken place. When the police arrived, he told them that his daughter had passed away and that she was in the garbage can out front by the curb. The police walk over to the can and when they look inside, they see the remains of little Imani. They immediately arrested Iman and that's when everything came out. He just started talking and telling them every detail. After a few days, Tiffany turned herself in. She refused to answer any questions, and to make matters worse, she was refusing counsel and decided to represent herself in court. The footage of the hearing is just crazy. She did not say anything and sat silent throughout the entire trial. Both parents were found guilty. Tiffany received the death penalty, and the father received life in prison without the possibility of parole. My heart goes out to this little angel and may her soul rest in peace. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Betty Wilde, and you're listening to Monsters and Mothers. Thank you for listening to Monsters and Mothers. Subscribe to hear more chilling accounts of mothers who commit unspeakable horrors.